turn it down just a little bit for me? I don't want to overwhelm everybody with. The word of the Lord. <laughs> Thus says the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's uh, down some more, maybe. There. That's maybe a little bit more. Okay. I think that's good. That's good. We just need to pick it up on the recording for the, the those that want that. Um, we're thinking about the scripture being the foundation of the Christian life, and we've been um, connected this to uh, one of Edwards' resolutions, a resolution number 28, which says, and this is my paraphrase, um, I resolve to study God's word purposefully, diligently, and regularly so that I will grow in my understanding of God's word and clearly see the evidence of it lived out in my life. I'll read that again. I resolve to study God's word purposely, diligently, and regularly so that I will grow in my understanding of God's word and clearly see the evidence of it lived out in my life. And so Edwards is kind of exalting the role of Scripture as being the foundation for Christian living. How do we know how we are to live as Christians? Well, we go to God's word. God has given us his word. And so we spent a couple of weeks talking about how and why Scripture is the foundation for the Christian life. We went through what the Scriptures say about God's Word. We talked about uh, why the reasons why Scripture is the foundation for God's Word. What I want to talk about tonight is a little bit more about um, studying God's Word and uh, why it's important and how we go about doing it. Um, the Bible is, as we've said before, it's God's Word. It's God's revelation to us. Um, it is what we, what God has revealed to us about himself, about us, about the gospel, about how we live the Christian life. And so it is a gracious gift to us. And just as a reminder as to how gracious it is, how, how much of a gift it is to us, um, we look back in church history and we see that for many generations, um, the only translation that was available um, for most Christians was Latin. And if you consider that probably 99% of the population of the Roman Empire, of the you know, medieval empires, um, were illiterate, um, most people had no access uh, to God's word. They could hear it as it was spoken, but even as uh, the vernacular languages, German and English and French, were beginning to take root, the Latin just became a, a foreign language. And so you see and read about people like John Wycliffe, you know, who translated the Bible into English from the Latin translation, and guys like William Tyndale, who translated the Bible from the Greek and the Hebrew, and how they, 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 they lost their lives. They gave their lives for this endeavor. And we see just even today how there are so many thousands of people groups that don't have the, the Bible in their language. And so the fact that we have it, the fact that we have it in multiple translations that we can go to to, to learn and to study, the fact that we have multiple copies of it, we have probably, may have a Bible in every room in our house. We may have a Bible in our car. We have, certainly have Bibles in church. You have Bibles on your phone. You have Bibles you can access through your laptop or computer. You have Bibles on your tablet. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous, right? And so that's, that's good for us. That's, a, that's part of God's grace to us, but it doesn't do us any good unless we open the Word of God up and, and take it in. Um, I like what uh, Don Whitney has written in his book, um, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life, where he talks about Bible intake, right? The fact that how do we receive God's Word? How do we take it into our lives? And so what I want to talk a little bit about tonight is, is how we do that. How do we study the Bible, both in terms of the way that we do it, the means of actually opening God's Word, getting it into us, and then sort of our, our attitude or our demeanor towards it? How do we apply ourselves in that task? 
Um, as we think about the study of God's word, the intake of God's word, there are five ways. I remember I learned this in Sunday school when I was in elementary school. We used a, a hand to uh, teach us. You know what I'm talking about? I see Adam shaking his head. A hand as to how you can take God's word into your life and just sort of have it before you. So this might be familiar to you, but I think sometimes the things that really encourage us are the things we already know that we need to be reminded of. So first of all, we can hear God's word. Okay, we can hear God's word. We need to be hearing it. And so one of the reasons why it's great to be in corporate worship is to hear God's word read. That's why we try to incorporate as much scripture reading as we can. So Adam will open up the call to worship with a scripture reading, right? We try to read scripture during our prayer time. We read the scriptures when we are expositing God's word. When we come to the communion table, we read God's word again. We're hearing the word of God. Romans 10:17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so we are strengthened in our faith through the hearing of God's word. And again, we live in a day and age where we can get it on an app, right? And go for my morning walk and I can listen to the Bible being read on, you know, my ESV Bible app or whatever other Bible apps are out there. So hearing God's word is one way of, of taking into us, taking it into our lives. And I think about that repeated refrain in Deuteronomy about hearing, 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 and so we need to be hearing God's word. Secondly, we can read God's word. We can read God's word, and we ought to be reading God's word, right? Obviously, again, we read it in, in corporate worship. We we have it before us that we can read it. So we can just simply just read it. And even if we do nothing else with the Bible during our our daily you know time, our daily quiet time, or whatever devotional time we have, just simply reading God's word is just getting it into us, right? Even if we don't understand every word or all the characters or what's happening or what, what's What's happening in the larger context of, of that book of the Bible or the, we don't know the history of it or whatever. Just reading God's word and familiarizing ourselves with it, God uses that and, and brings verses to mind or, or, or teaches us certain, to certain things, reminds us of certain truths just through the reading of God's word. Alright, so hearing, reading number three is study. We can study God's word and the, when we talk about studying God's word in more of a formal sense, we're thinking about it in, in a more intentional or purposeful or diligent study of the scriptures, where we're using good, uh, I'm going to use a big word here, good hermeneutical resources. And that, uh, hermeneutical just means or refers to a proper interpretation of the Bible. Using good, sound resources and methods that will allow us to dig deeper into what the scripture is saying. So things like understanding more the broader context, right? What's the historical background? The things that God wrote or that God inspired for the authors of the scriptures were written in some kind of a context. They were written because of some historical challenge or some issue in a church or, or some aspect of disobedience in Israel's history. There's, there's, there's something going on contextually, and we should know what that context is. We should know the historical context, the grammatical context, that is what's the, what's the sentence, what's the word doing in the sentence, what are the sentences doing with one another in the paragraph. Uh, the literary context, what is, what is this sentence or verse or chapter, how does it fit into the overall uh, uh, flow of the book or the, the purpose of the book of that we're reading in? Even the canonical context, understanding what does this scripture passage, how does it relate to the whole message of the scriptures? Okay, So placing a, a, a verse or a, a paragraph or a chapter into its context. We also want to think about things like 
the purpose for writing, things like literary structures, things about uh, word studies. We can do word studies. What did a certain word mean in this situation? What was the sort of the broader understanding of this particular word at this particular time? Uh, theology, connecting it to, to different uh, theology, doing cross-references to other books of the Bible. These are all things that we can do to study God's word, understanding more in depth what that word uh, says and means. And number, so we've got hearing, reading, studying. Number four, memorizing. We can memorize God's word. And oftentimes we learn best and we learn most well. Let's say that. Um, by memorizing. I think of Psalm uh, 119, verse 11. I have hidden God's word in my heart. Right? I've memorized it. I've kept it here. Why? So that I might not sin against him. So when we are faced with temptation, for instance, how do we battle against temptation? Well, we use God's word. And when we have it memorized in our heart, we can have it at the ready. We can have immediate access to it. And so uh, one of the best ways for us to learn God's word is to, uh, to memorize it. And then fifth, we can meditate upon God's word. Uh, the word meditation, we sometimes think of it in terms of an Eastern sense, right? The Eastern meditation where we kind of get real quiet, just kind of lose our minds and are absorbed into the nothing. That's not what biblical meditation is, okay? Biblical meditation is thinking about it, processing, mulling it over. Uh, the best illustration that I've ever uh, uh, heard about this is uh, much like a, a cow, right? When a cow is eating, they, they, they chew their food, they digest it, they swallow it, right? They digest it in their stomach, then they regurgitate it. And they chew on it some more, and they swallow it again, and then they regurgitate it some more, chewing their cud. What they're doing is they're extracting as much of the nutrients out of the food that they're eating as possible. And so meditation is a constant thinking through, what does this mean? And even more, how do I apply this? How, how do I use this in my life? How do I apply it? How does this meet a certain situation that I'm facing? So hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, and meditating, okay? How do we do this? Well, certainly one way would be having a devotional time each day where you are hearing God's Word or reading God's Word or even taking time to study God's Word, all right? That, that takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of intentionality. You know, if nothing else, you maybe have a few minutes, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes to read the Scriptures, but maybe even devoting even more time to getting a little bit more deeper into a, a, to a book of the Bible or to a a word study or, or into uh, um, you know, something that maybe has more application for your life. Edwards devoted about 12 to 14 hours a day to study, but he was a pastor. That was important for his ministry to be able to preach and teach, to counsel, um, to guide and shepherd a church. He could devote that time to the study of God's word because his church was uh, supporting him. He didn't have to go take another job to support, it, to support his needs. Uh, they, they said, you devote your time to this. That's why I'm very thankful to have uh, be able to be full, a full-time pastor because uh, basically you've said, if we don't want you working another job, we, we want to support you. I don't look at this as a job. I look at it as a, as a ministry. You support and provide for my needs so that I can give my attention to God's word so that I can teach and preach and counsel and pray and, and lead and guide a church. But even uh, in, if, not everybody has that kind of time, right? 10 to 12 or 14 hours a day to study God's word. In whatever time you have, you know, I'm sure that we could all look at our lives, kind of like we do with our budgets, right? When it's time to sort of trim the budget, you're, you're spending too much money, you need to save some money, whatnot, you look at your budgets and see, what can I cut out? We can do the same thing with our time. 
what, what can I cut out? What do I need to cut out for my life to give more attention uh, to God's word? We also have Sunday morning worship. That's probably the best time that when the whole church gathers together to study God's word and, and pastor and elder or teacher is able to come and to share what that word uh, says and, and what it means and then think about how we can apply that uh, to our lives. One way that you can get the most out of that study, because I know someone said one time it's like, you know, listening to my sermon is like drinking from a fire hydrant. I get that and I, I always try to work on it, but I'm never very successful. Um, but one thing you can do to sort of help yourself prepare for that study time is to read the passage that we're going to be discussing on Sunday morning. Uh, I think recently we've been putting it in the bulletin and in the, um, uh, the church email so that you, even on Saturday night, can take a few minutes to read through what the passage is and you can see who the main characters are. You can see what the key themes are, what's happening, what's the flow of the story. So just having that extra, extra level of familiarity will perhaps allow that teaching to, to go a little bit further and um, allow the Lord to maximize uh, what's in that passage so that it will help you uh, to grow. Uh, there are many other ways we could talk about, but uh, obviously I think that's, those are a couple of, of ways. Uh, church Bible studies, I think a lot of our church Bible studies are on, are on uh, break for the summer, but when those gear up in the fall, I encourage you to be a part of one of those. Um, but this is one of the reasons why we've also included you know, this time in our Wednesday night um, uh, prayer meeting together, it's just to be reminded of God's word and have it before us. Okay, so those are the five sort of ways, the means to study, hearing, reading, studying, memorizing, and meditating. Then what attitude, what character, what approach should we take just from our own um, attitude towards coming to the scriptures? How do we go about doing that? And this is where I think uh, Jonathan Edwards is very helpful because he gives us three adverbs to describe our approach or our disposition to studying scripture. He says, first, that we should act purposefully. We should study the Bible on purpose. We should be intentional about study. We should be intentional about being here on Sunday morning. We should be intentional about being here on Wednesday night. We should be intentional about being part of a Bible study. We should be intentional about opening up our, our Bibles at home and, and having some kind of personal devotional time or, or study time. We won't study the Bible if we don't make a commitment to it. So to study it purposefully means that we will set aside the time We'll gather the tools we need, and we'll focus on the task at hand. Second, we should study the Bible diligently. Diligently. That means when we sit down and study the Bible, we will give it our best effort. We will eliminate distractions. Probably it would be a good idea to turn your phones off, right? The last thing you need is to get dings or phone calls while you're reading the Scriptures or studying the Scriptures. Maybe it means moving yourself to a room where there's not a lot of distractions. Maybe having some time uh, to yourself, personal time, where... Or especially if you have kids, they're not coming in and interrupting you every so often. I know it's hard to do, but you know, having that time where we can be without distraction. We, when we say diligently, we need to apply all of our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual strengths to the task. We will be disciplined to do all that we need to do to extract what God leads us to understand. Okay, we will we will study our Bible seriously because we understand that we are undertaking a spiritual endeavor. And then third, we study our Bible regularly. So purposefully, diligently, and regularly. If we do not take the responsibility to study our Bible seriously, then we won't be doing it regularly. We, we will not study our Bible seriously unless we are doing it regularly, not infrequently or haphazardly. Regular Bible study is just as essential as the regular things that we do to maintain our bodies, 
like eating, sleeping, and exercise. I heard John Piper say one time, you know, if you don't have time for your Bible, you don't have time for breakfast. Okay? He was saying, I think I was, I don't remember I heard it in a podcast or a sermon, but he said something to the effect of no Bible, no breakfast. And that was sort of his way of making sure that he was in the Word. Man shall not live by bread alone. Okay? So I don't encourage you to skip breakfast. I would just say I would encourage you to make sure you find that time where you are regularly in God's Word. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 2.15, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And then what is the result of all this? Edward says the result of all this is that we grow by applying ourselves purposefully, diligently, and regularly. We will come to know God's word and we will see that word bear fruit in our lives. That's what Edward wanted to see. He wanted to see a growth, not just in intellect, but in fruitfulness. He wanted to see the word get into him so that it would come out of him, so that it would bear fruit in his life. And so studying the Bible purposefully, diligently, and regularly should cause us to grow in faith and in action. When we study the Bible, we're strengthened in sound doctrine. We learn better and with more conviction the foundational truths that are essential for being a Christian and for living a godly life. And when we study the Bible, we also grow spiritually. And that spiritual growth bears fruit in our lives. We should see the fruitful evidence of the Word planted deep down in the good soil of our hearts, bearing a supernatural increase for the glory of God. That's what um, the parable of the sowers in Mark chapter 4, Jesus says that the seed that falls on the good soil, right? The seed is the Word of God, the Gospel. When it falls on the good soil, the fertile soil, the heart that receives it by faith, it takes root, sprouts, grows, and it bears fruit. Not just an ordinary harvest, but 30, 60, and 100-fold, which is a metaphor for supernatural abundance. Uh, God will grow us fruitfully uh, when we are uh, committed to seeing God's Word um, manifested in our lives. So... Just to remind us of that resolution, I resolve to study God's Word purposefully, diligently, and regularly so that I will grow in my understanding of God's Word and clearly see the evidence of it lived out in my life. I pray that we would strive toward that end, that we would study God's Word so that God might sanctify us and bear fruit for His glory. Let's just take a moment to uh, have a moment of reflection, maybe think about our own lives and where we are in uh, how we intake God's Word and perhaps take a few moments to uh, thank God for His Word and to uh, maybe confess um, our falling short, if that applies to you, and then also just uh, that, Lord, we give you grace uh, to grow in your study of God's Word.